Welcome everyone. We are about to begin by SS Hashem feedback and insights share number 16. Email address shalombayas777 at gmail.com. We'll continue what we talked about in the last year in regards to the joyous healing of real tshuva that could really transform and heal a person and have them be besimcha. And it affects also in a very positive way their shalombayas when there's tshuva in that area as well. And to continue, we must understand something. You think about Yosef HaTzadik and what he went through and how he passed the test that he passed. And he's called Yosef HaTzadik for that reason because he specifically watched himself against the immorality. And um, we, it's brought down that because of that, in that schus, all the men in Mitzrayim had a special shemira against immorality because of the schus of what Yosef did as he withstood that test. And who caused them to be Mekayim, this great mitzvah? This immoral Hashem Shemayim, wife of Petifar. Now, it's interesting. You expect Yosef to become great by being in yeshiva 20 hours a day, learning Torah, being with his father all these years that he was missing, but if he could have been with him, and being Nishba from Yaakov, from all his Kedusha, from all his Torah. But no, what happened? He had to deal with this Meshigana um, that tried to torture him into, into being Mazana with, with her. Now you wonder sometimes, when he was running out of that house, what was he thinking? Yes, he passed the test. But did it ever cross his mind to ask this question? Why me? And why do I have to deal with this filth? Why couldn't I sit in the base medrash? Why couldn't I be with Yaakov all along? No, I needed to be in the worst place in the world, with the worst people, with messed up morals. And now he knew he was in trouble. He ended up being thrown into a dungeon, even after he passed the test. Terrible. And, and I wonder what Yosef was thinking. It's not fear. In a way, that's an sign of not being angry and being Michael's brothers later on, because it wasn't just the stale, but everything he went through after that. So it's fascinating that that's, though, however, how he came Yosef HaTzadik, and it seems from Chazal that he never complained, and he realized it's Menashe Mayim, and he used, utilized his situation to the best of his ability. And he was afterwards to become a Melech Mitzrayim as a result and to feed all of the world as a result, including his family. It is strange to have mitzvahs like that, that start out with such negative negativity. But basically, in English, what does Surah mean? Do not stray after your eyes. Hashem is telling you that from the start, from the get-go, your eyes will be challenged, it will be exposed to straying, and you have an ability and you have a mitzvah from me not to stray, to pull away. He didn't make you a tzaddik gomer for a reason. He didn't make you the chazaynish. He didn't make you the chavetz chayim. He didn't make you the moshe. Don't feel so bad about that. Accept the reality of who you are. That's not Lushan Hara, that's life. Now, Rabbeim and Rabbanim also had tests. But... Us people for sure have tests, and there's nothing wrong with it. That's what Hashem wants from us. 
We just have to over, learn how to overcome it. I'll never forget, as a head counselor, there was a special need, a head counselor, that told all of us, we were from Bamitzvah age and older, and he spoke to hundreds of people in the, in, in, in the dining room. I remember him once say he had to go to the city, he came back from the city. This was seven weeks into camp. And he said to us, how fortunate are you to be protected from the outside environment for two whole months except visiting days actually was actually a test sometimes in different ways. We're not going to get into that now. But he said, I had to go into the city, and there were tests there. And I was affected by the preachers on the street. And, 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 you, you, you know, and I had, to, I had no choice. I had to do what I had to do. He had to deal with the business there. But he told the Bachram, you don't realize how fortunate you are. And I give credit to this head counselor, this Rebbe, who would tell even 13-year-olds and teenage uh, uh, boys how he was affected, and he was a big, high person, he is a big, high person, of what he saw on the streets. I don't think any less of him because of what he told us. I, to the contrary, I, I high him, hold him in great esteem that he was honest with us, explaining what these struggles are. And the truth is, it's interesting, if you go to camp and you stay in that environment for eight weeks and then you come back to the city, you do indeed feel a certain ureda, a certain lowering in the environment. It's really something fascinating. So remember going back to the time of the Vaira, in this world there is no area where there's no physicality or evil inclination or defect. It's important to know that, that that fact itself should not get a person depressed. He should realize this is what Hashem wants, and He wants us to become better. Now, to continue on with the holy words of the time of the Vaira, we left off last time at the point of the hay that had no floor, open to the evil underneath, and um, we have to actually crawl up that hay in order to do you know, to, to do tshuva. And that's what it means by the hay having a little opening towards the top of the left leg. The hay has an opening. So if someone who wants to do tshuva, he could squeeze through that small opening in the hay. He says, there is, it's open above, this, this opening, and from there, Hashem will accept you. You do tshuva, He will take you. Now the Chazal asks an interesting question. Why, doesn't, why does the Balchuva need to squeeze himself in that small opening of the hay? If he fell down in that no-floor hay on the bottom, right? He fell down that pit. Why doesn't he simply climb up that back through that pit from the opening that he originally fell from, get back into the hay? Isn't that a much wider opening? So why that, just like he fell in, he could get up? But no. We say that's not enough. You cannot, when you're coming back into the hay, you can't go back from where you came from. You have to crawl all the way up to that higher hole in the left side of the hay, upper up, and over there is where Hashem accepts you, and you go, and you do tshuva, and you come in. Now, l'chayre, that's not fear. He fell out the easy way, right? There's no floor bottom. He fell all the way down. And to come back, he has to fight instead of having to go back the same hole. He has to crawl all the way up 
to that small opening on the top? Why? 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 So why can't he go up the same way? The answer is, and the Chodai Taimah Devarah says, Loi Istaya Milsa. What does Loi Istaya Milsa mean? In simple English, it won't work. You cannot go back the way you fell. And the Taimah Devarah explains this. And we know this. We know the truth of why. And we talk about a lot, and, 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 and basically it's like this person who sinned is now doing tshuva, the time of the virus says it's not enough to create a fence to stay away from sin the way the tzaddik does. Because the tzaddik himself who didn't sin, and when he didn't sin, a small fence is enough to protect him. But one who once fell into it and was exposed and then repents, a small fence is not enough. He has to build tougher, higher fences because the smaller fence was breached once and he could easily fall back. You need to distance yourself very far away from that breach. So therefore, you cannot enter back through the opening where the breach is because you have to really separate from that breach altogether. You must enter the hay through the small opening, which is difficult. It's a process. But in order to do so, when you do so, then you close off all the breaches and openings so you don't fall again. In other words, the very fact that you're not a tzaddik, the very fact that you're vulnerable, very vulnerable, that you're easily swayed to go back into the straying mode, no matter how high and elevated you feel now, you, you cannot trust yourself completely, even when you're davening well, learning well, and passing tests, because you're still vulnerable. And that's why you have to go up, keep high, closed fences all the time, and go up that small hay. Right? So that's a unique path. And that's why you're on a much greater level when you do do this. It's an extra burden. No one's disagreeing. It is hard. It is hard to do that, to become especially careful when you're vulnerable, not to fall. But that's your greatest gift too. You become a great person as a result. So this burden and this major falls, right? But you have to be careful and not to fall into a yush, not to fall into despair. You have to keep going up without despair, with simcha. And it's very, very important to do that. And... Um, Rosh Hashivas, honest ones, will sometimes be made to a Talmud, how hard he has to work, how hard he has to work towards his Midas. He maybe even made in when he was younger, he dealt with Shmir Senaim too. And, um, and I know somebody, I'm going to tell you an interesting story, shame somebody, that had Chalishas Adas. He, he was trying, one Bacha was going through a difficult time, and he had very much difficulty learning and davening, and davening especially, and, it, and he became broken from it. And he went to his Rosh Hashiva, Truth Tzaddik, and he tells, and, he, and he, he confides in him, and he says, you know, I can't put two thoughts together. I can't concentrate. I can't daven. I try, I try, and I get confused, and crazy stuff comes to my head. 
So he goes to this Rosh Hashiva, he goes to this Tzaddik, and the Tzaddik tells him, I also have trouble davening with Kavana. You think at my age and after I worked on myself all these years that I don't have trouble davening with Kavana? I also have trouble davening with Kavana. And I'm telling you, this Bocha's life was saved because of what the Rosh Hashiva told him. The Bocha still felt down, but he felt much calmer because he was told basically that this is a normal process. Now, this fact, by the way, that this Rosh Hashiva sometimes had difficulty davening with Kavana, it's not going to be printed in any biography. It will never be printed, even though it's the truth, because he wouldn't lie. He wouldn't lie even to help another Yid. And when he said he has trouble davening with Kavana, sometimes it's true. But the bottom line is that's his Mila. That's his Mila. So you need to understand that. When you go, go through stuff, and you try, and you fall, and, and, and you need to understand that Hashem is there to help you. In your darkest moments, He's there to help you. Don't consider yourself a reject. Okay? It's very, very important. Don't consider yourself a failure, ever. You look at David HaMelech, sometimes you think about him. Right? Shmuel didn't see his greatness. Right, it was his older brother he thought was going to be the king. He was um, scorned by his brothers. He was hated by Shaul. He had wars and more wars and more wars. He was running here. He was running there, like a trapped animal. His son forces himself on his daughter Amnon and Tamar. One killed. One son is killed by another son. Abshalom kills Amnon. That son chases him and wants to kill him and take over his kingdom. That's Avshalom. He gets killed too. That's Avshalom. Doeg wants to destroy him. And then Achitaifel wants to destroy him. And then Shimi curses him and throws stones at him. Novel earlier, earlier on treated him like dirt. His wives were kidnapped by Amalek. Many ridiculed him for years and years on what happened with him in Bathsheba. He had the de- punishment of uh, the death of a young child as a punishment. He made an error of counting Klal Yisrael, and through that he witnessed the de- deaths of many of Klal Yisrael, the rebellion of Sheva ben Bichri, chased out of Eretz Yisrael, forced to act like a crazy person in order to save his life by Ochesh Melech um, Gas. And, um, and then even at the late of his life, he was always cold and freezing, his clothes couldn't warm him up, and he had to deal with the rebellion with Adenio. Eliyav, his brother, early on accused him of something, he, you know, that he was just looking for the war. And his desire was to build the base on Migdash. He prepared everything for years, and then he was told, you cannot build it. He asked Hashem to take away the shame of the Basheva story, and Hashem told him, no, your innocence will not be known until much later when there'll be the Hanukkah Sabayas and the gates will open up in your honor. He made the mistake of putting the Aaron in a wagon, indirectly causing the death of Uzzah, scarring one of the greatest days of pure Simcha, that it did not end up being a, 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 a happy day because of that. Michal, his wife, who snuck him out of his window when his father tried to kill him, later looks at his behavior, says something demeaning, causes punishment to come on her, which of course affected him as well. The burden of the death of the city of Noi weighing on the shoulders because he asked for Lechem upon him and the sword 
and he forced to send he was forced to send the seven sons of Shaul to their deaths because of the cruelty of the Gevoinim. He gets close to Avner. Avner gets killed. He gets close to Amasa. Amasa gets killed. He loves Avshalom. He gets killed. I'm sure he loved Amnon too. He gets killed. He loved Tamar, despite the fact being a, a Basheshivastoya. She gets destroyed from this Misa. And she, David sends his daughter to her destruction, basically. She said, go to Amnon and feed him the food, and this is what happened. So he went through so many, so many things. We don't understand it. And, um, but we see, though, that he is considered the greatest, David HaMelech. He became great despite his troubles? No, he became great because of his troubles. Our Tehillim would not be as effective if it wouldn't be for everything I described just now about his difficult life. He gave us a great gift, the gift of tshuva. He gave us the gift of simcha. He gave us the gift of getting us back on our feet. That's what Dovid HaMelech was. That's what his Tehillim is. A yid loving Hashem and wanting to become close to him even in tough situations. A yid in gullus, a yid in pain, but a yid who never gives up. Dovid HaMelech sees every yid like him bleeding, dazed on the ground. But he, the heart of Klai Yisrael, loves you. Because you are his heart, because you are a yid, he sees your despair, he picks you up. And that's what Tillam is. Tillam relieves the pain and loneliness and heartache. And that is a Mayurdika, Mayurdika thing. And that's the gift of us, of Tehillim, which is also a lot of Tehillim, is on Shuva and on getting up. And you see sometimes David, he felt despair. And he nevertheless always got up, got up again, got up again, got up again, got up again, and helped others and was mechazek others. So all of you out there that are struggling, you need to remember this. You need to remember that your struggles are not in vain. And when you do tshuva, you are on a high, high, high level, a tremendously high level. And you won't always feel broken. You will feel a true simcha. There will be a healing, a healing of your neshama, a healing of your guf, a healing of your situation. And what I'm giving you, again, I pick as an example of things with struggles with the Indian of Shmir Seinayim and things like that. It works with Shalom Bayis too, and Bein Adam too. Once each one, the husband and wife, learn to forgive each other for the past and work through that and create healing despite the hurts of the past, it not just puts a band-aid on their relationship. It heals it completely. It heals it completely, and Hashem's bracha is on it. And then more joy is experienced. More simcha. And may Hashem be zeichah that we should all be able to experience that. Be'ezus Hashem. Have a wonderful day.